Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Morning, Crosswalk. I am Pastor Dan, one of the two teaching pastors here, and specifically today, you'll know me as the growth group pastor, but today is a really exciting day for me because it is official now that I have been here over a year in Phoenix, which is great, but today is is a really special day for me for another reason, and the way that I would describe it is... The time when I let my 16-year-old use the car for the first time, and I I gave him the keys and said, don't crash it. Well, today is the first time Jeff is letting me start a series. And he said, Dan, you have the first message, don't crash it. (laughs) So hopefully today I will will not do that as we we look at uh, our our new series, uh, The Healer. And I cannot tell you how excited I am about this series. This one, more than any one we've ever had, they're, they're all good. But this one, that I'm telling you that, that if you stay with this the entire time, this, this is a life changer. This is a way where, where faith and life and our relationship with Jesus Christ come together in a way that I've had the opportunity to experience this. This message, before it was a message, is something that, that goes goes back a couple years for me where I've had the opportunity to live this, to, to go through these, I'll call them steps, myself. And, and as we go, go through this, this is a way that truly to experience health as a Christian. And the reason why this is important to me, is, I'll ask it this way, are you healthy? Do you consider yourself a healthy person? I've always considered my myself healthy. Uh, if if you notice, if you've ever seen the movie Tommy Boy, I have a little bit of a weight problem. <laughs> and uh, actually, I found out that I went to the doctor because you know I got to be concerned about that. And actually, my weight is fine. It's my height that has some problems, <laughs> and I just need to get a little taller, and then I'll be in good shape, evidently. But, but think about that. When, when, when you think about healthy, I've always considered myself healthy. I've, it's not like I go to the doctor a lot and I'm not sick a lot. I consider myself healthy because there have been uh, numerous, I'll say, hunting trips that I've been on with other guys where you give me a rifle, you give me a backpack, and, and I can hang out in the mountains all day long. I can climb and I can hunt and uh, shoot something and drag it out. And at the end of the day, that's, that's healthy to me. Times when I've gone pheasant hunting in South Dakota, I can go 15 miles in a day with my shotgun and at the end of the day most likely tr- come close to what I'm trying to shoot at. So that to me is healthy. That tells me, you know what, I'm in decent shape. I, <laughs> that just reminds me. I was golfing once and I, I, I told the guy I'm trying to get in shape. And he looked at me and said, round is a shape. <laughs> Thanks. That same type of encouragement that I'm looking for. But anyways, as we look at this being healthy, this idea of being healthy, uh, this is important. The World Health Organization says that health is a state of physical, mental, social well-being, not just the absence of disease. 
So, so when you start thinking about your health, that they're trying to tell us that you, you need to be thinking more than just how I feel physically. And this is something that, that right now is a six-year anniversary for me of, of understanding on a better level of what health is. And I remember it. It's going to be six years later in January because it, it centered around an event. At that time, I was 41 years old, and my son Caleb was in eighth grade, and they had a basketball team that was very much above average and, and good for central Wisconsin. And so uh, they, they went around to a number of tournaments. They won a number of tournaments. And at this time, we were in Nielsville, Wisconsin, and, and it was a, this tournament. And we were going up against a team that had three kids. Their front line were 6'4", 6'2", 6' foot, uh, in 7th and 8th grade. And this was the time when we're like, oh, man, this one's going to be a huge test. And, and so the game, it was back and forth game. At halftime, we were winning by four. At the end of the third quarter, we were winning by two. And I don't need to go into the whole game, but in the last minute, it was craziness. And with 10 seconds left, it was a tie game. We had the ball. And coach called a timeout. And Caleb was the point guard, and he told him, you have got to drive. I want you to drive the lane, and I want you to take the last shot. So, of course, he goes driving down the lane, gets hammered as he goes up to the basket, and the ref is too much of a coward to call the foul on the shot. So he calls it on the drive. And so now there was 1.6 seconds left. And, and they were going to run a play where, you know, the stack where all four line up down low next to the basket since it was under our basket. But these guys are, are six four, six two, six foot. We haven't got a shot off underneath all game. So what the coach had them do is he, he stacked them, but at the free throw line. So out farther from the basket and all four players ran in except Caleb who ran out to the three point line. And the, the, the pass was made into Caleb at the three-point line. And from where I was sitting, I could see the basket, the scoreboard with the timer, and Caleb, as he received the pass, let go of the shot. As the horn went off, nothing but net. Three-pointer to win the game. And it was so exciting. Everyone, it was a pretty full gym. Everyone went on the court. Except me. Because my arm was starting to hurt. And my chest was like, man, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get a breath. And, and so I, I did what you, you're supposed to do, I think, and that is went off by myself. <laughs> outside. And it was seriously, it was 10 below zero outside. It was, it was that cold. And I went outside just to, to get a breath. And, and I was out there for about a half an hour. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know what the deal is. That must have been, I don't know, pretty excited. And, of course, didn't want to tell anybody. And then we still had the championship game yet. And so I just kind of hung around and hung, hung off the side. And we were, starting, we were starting to leave. And I told Tanya, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive home. You know, maybe you better drive. I just, I'm not feeling good. So we had to stop at the Pizza Hut to celebrate, you know. So we're all in the Pizza Hut. 
And as we were there, I, I again had to just leave, and I was in the bathroom, and I was putting water on my face, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to pass out. I do not know what's wrong with me. So we, we, we left from Pizza Hut, and I just still, I was not feeling good, and, and Tanya's like, Dan, you, you've got to go in. You've got to go in and, and make sure you're okay. And it was, of course, it's a Saturday night. Uh, I have church the next day. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go in and, and see if, if I'm okay. And so we went into the emergency room or, and, and said, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I have like these chest pains, kind of told them what was going on. So I started here. That's when I, okay, why don't you sit down? And within 30 seconds, I was here. <laughs> They're ripping my shirt off. They're like, this, this could be, I remember the, the doctor telling me this could be anything from indigestion to a heart attack. Here, take some nitroglycerin pills. And I'm like, hold it. Why don't we start with Tums? Maybe if it's indigestion, <laughs> that we can just uh, work our way up from this. And uh, that's when they told me, uh, you are not leaving this hospital tonight. And, of course, that was like my worst nightmare because then phone calls had to be made for someone else to preach for me the next day. And it was... It was just crazy. It was just crazy. And then, then I had to stay at the chest pain clinic. And then the next uh, Monday, I, I had to do the stress test, right? And did the stress test and all of that. You're healthy, man. You are, you are as healthy as they come. Your heart's in great shape. Like, really? That's nuts. Well, the leaders of the church told me, you know what? You need to take a week off. You need to just get better and not worry about we'll take care of church, so, which was great. So I started feeling better that week, and that Saturday, there was something, an event called Wine, Cheese, and All That Jazz, which was a fundraiser for the boys' club in, in the city of Wausau. And you could go, you, you, you buy this thing to get in, and then you go and taste wine and eat, eat cheese and listen to music all night. It's just, it's an awesome night. And so as we were there and, and we were dressed up, it's a very, you know, wearing a suit and, uh, you know, Tanya wearing a dress type event. And I was just having a couple glasses of wine with her and we were just talking. And it was just such a relaxing night. And I said, you know what, this is, this is exactly what I needed. And she said, Dan, do you think it might be possible, that the stuff going on, that maybe it's related to stress? I'm like, no, I... If you know me, I don't, it's not, I'm not stressed out. Are you kidding me? I, stress does not affect me. It, it really doesn't. And, and so she's like, okay, I just thought, you know, it might be something you want to, you know, think about. And just then as I'm having a glass of wine and feeling great, one of the emergency room nurses happened to be at the same function. And just the sight of her took me to my knees. That it, it just all came back immediately. And I realized, oh my goodness, this, this is related to stress. This isn't a physical problem. And so when I, I think of myself as healthy, I thought of myself as being able to do the physical things that I wanted to do. And now all of a sudden what, what happened is, is, as I found out later, there were mental and spiritual issues that I was not dealing with that affected my health in a physical way. It's, I realized it's the first time that I understood what an anxiety attack was and understood that that's what I was going through. I'd like to say, tell you that, oh yeah, then I got it figured out and I fixed it, but I didn't. 
Uh, I, I, I went to a doctor to try to get some help. And the doctor, not so, well, I don't know, maybe it'd be surprised, maybe not. Here, take some pills for it. I'm like, I don't want to try that for about a week. I'm like, I'm not taking pills for this. Are you crazy? So then I quit going to the doctor. Uh, I don't need to hear this. And then, and then it got better. It got better after maybe April or May. You know, after the winter, it got better. And then the next year, at the same tournament, same thing happened. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is craziness. There must be something wrong in that gym uh, that they need to get looked at. And, and to make a long story short, after finally three years... And, and it was a, a January day, uh, a lot like what they have in Wisconsin right now. It was cold. It was 10 in the morning. I was still not out of bed because I didn't have the energy to, to move. And I just, I felt horrible that I, I got a call from a, a friend, a, a counselor, a coach, whatever you want to call him. Rick Lowen is his name, that started changing my life forever. And he talked to me about being resilient, about going through issues of stress and how you deal with them spiritually, how you deal with them mental, emotionally, and, and how you deal with them physically, that, that you need to take care of yourself, that I realized that what I needed at that time was healing, and healing that only Jesus Christ could bring. What I didn't realize at that time, that as I was going through this and I thought I was alone, what I didn't realize is that a lot of pastors were going through the same thing. Right now we're in a network. Rick has, as he works through Crosswalk and with a ministry called Cross Train, reaches out to pastors. And there are 48 of us right now in a group that have realized that, that we did ministry in a way that was not healthy. That we were not taking care of ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We were serving others but not taking what Christ offered and, and applying it to our own hearts. And that's when the, my life really started to change. And that's why this message is so important as I share it with you today. And I ask you the question is, are you healthy? Because this is coming from someone who, who was not and who realizes that you do not get healthy overnight. That is not the way it works, but it starts by, by making little changes and recognizing that if you are going to get healthy, there is one way that you can be healthy and it's going to last, and that is through Jesus Christ alone. And that is why this message series, as we go through it, I am begging you, please, 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 if there is any series that you want to make sure you don't want to miss a week, this one's it. This one is it, because every step that we go through is going to, to be one that teaches you spiritual wellness and to enjoy the healing that Jesus Christ brings. As we, we, we look at this health, I, I invite you to turn to a portion of God's word. And it's from Luke chapter 4. And I'll summarize what's going on. It's Jesus, as he's going around preaching, and he preaches for the first time in his hometown of Nazareth. And so as he goes there, he, he's going to go to them, and, and it's on a, a, a day, Saturday, a Sabbath day, when there's synagogue, and Jesus goes there, and he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. 
And then he sits down and, and he tells them, today the scripture from Isaiah is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the one who is promised. I'm here. I'm here to bring this healing. But the people didn't listen to him. And so that's a little bit of the backdrop. And now we will look at it a little more in depth. First of all, we start with Luke chapter 4, 14 to 16. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And so as we we look at this, it's Jesus, and it's the beginning of his ministry. And from the very beginning, because Jesus was teaching with the power of the Holy Spirit, that people listened to him, that they recognized that he was different. There was power to the words that he had. And so in the blank, you can write, Jesus' reputation as a teacher precedes him. Jesus' reputation as a teacher precedes him. Again, back at that time, when you had a synagogue, the synagogue was was a little bit different from what we would call church or a congregation today because most of the time, especially a place like Nazareth, wouldn't have had someone to share a message every week. And so what they would rely on were traveling rabbis who would come and, and share a message with them. And so Jesus, as he traveled around, would be an individual who would have done that, who would have gone from synagogue to synagogue, no doubt preaching like John the Baptist, a message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins to prepare themselves for the coming of the kingdom of God. As you come here today, I am going to assume that even if you're a visitor and and, and you don't know anything about Crosswalk, that you do know something about Jesus, and that if I were to ask you who is Jesus or, or why is Jesus important to you or, or what does he mean to you, we would all have an answer, and some of it might be a little bit different. I decided to do a little digging on this, and one of the things that, that I went on Google on was, what do Hindus think of Jesus? And what really surprised me is they, that they embrace Jesus. I mean, as someone who was a good teacher. And, and so as I was reading it, my favorite quote was, God is consciousness as Jesus is consciousness as Krishna is consciousness. Like, I don't even know what that means. But as, as you, you look at that, they recognize that Jesus was a great teacher. And one of the things that they value is the fact that he taught love and unity. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. That as we look at the golden rule, that is what many people think of when they think of Jesus. And so when you say the name Jesus, people don't necessarily shy away that, that if you have an opinion about him or, or a positive or negative, many would say that it's positive because of his teaching. But that's not all that Jesus was. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. And so we go on in Luke chapter 4, uh, 16 to 19, part of his teaching says this, he stood up to read, so now he's in the synagogue, and, and part of what they would do is they would have these scrolls, and, and whoever was leading would read from the scroll, and said, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me. 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And on there, you might notice that I highlighted the words poor, prisoners, blind. Uh, All of those individuals were individuals who were hurting in in one way or another. And, And so what Jesus recognized is something that Isaiah recognized, and that is that that all people, but even people, maybe even especially people, who gather at God's house in a synagogue, who, who gather at a place like Crosswalk, whether it, it be in a, a church building or on, on the campus of Cesar Chavez High School, that people have issues. And so Isaiah and Jesus recognize that God's people have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. These are three words that you are going to hear For the next nine weeks. I'm just telling you that right now. So get used to it. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And and when you think of them, I'm, I'm telling you that everyone has these. And the sooner you come to grips with this, the better off you're going to be. First of all, everyone has hurts. And and hurts come in many different ways. If you're in school, let's say you're in eighth grade and you're on the playground. You can have a hurt where someone comes up and they hit you, and that hurts. That's a physical hurt where, where someone asks, are you hurting? Yeah, because he hit me, and I, and I don't know why. So, so that's part of pain, physical pain. But then there's another pain that you can have in eighth grade, and that is when you're in the lunchroom, and you go to sit down by people that you think are your friends, and they tell you that their table is full. Go find somewhere else to sit. Now, that's a different type of pain, but it, but it still hurts. But as we went through this, when I think of the hurt, there's a hurt that I have as a pastor that's hard to describe. But when you hurt and you share those hurts with me, I hurt. When we go through the, the prayer list and, and you share with us the things you would like us to pray about, it, it impacts us in, in a way that's hard to explain other than to say we care about you and because you hurt, we hurt as well. So my question to you is, what is your hurt? Does something immediately come to mind? What is it that you cry about? If you're crying about it, most likely that is, is one of your hurts. The next one is habits. And as we look at habits, this is the part that, that gets interesting because that as we go through Jesus the healer and we have a ministry which is a recovery ministry, usually when we, we think of habits, uh, we bad habits, we think of maybe smoking. And, and from smoking, they get even less culturally acceptable. So then you go to smoking, alcohol, drugs. Okay, so, so those would be the habits where I'm addicted to something. But when you think of habits, I'm telling you that, that every one of us has bad habits. One of them that, that, I've, that I've, this especially is men, but it's women too. Men, have you ever had to go in your computer to find a way to delete your search history so that if anyone came and looked at what you were looking at, they wouldn't know? Because the images or whatever else that you were looking up, you would be ashamed 
if someone caught you. That's a habit, okay? It's a bad habit, and it's a habit that, that keeps you from, from having relationships with, with someone of the opposite sex in, in a way that is healthy. I have a habit, and, and I've joked about it a little bit, but this is, it's a reality that my habit is that on a regular, consistent basis, I eat more calories than what I burn off. And, and, and we kind of chuckle about that because, okay, it's a little more socially acceptable, but I'm telling you that more people die because of heart disease related to weight than do from drug overdose. And, and so that as I look at it, I understand that this is not healthy for me, that as I get older and older to have this weight on me that I'm trying to get off is something that is going to affect my ability to perform as a pastor. And, and to be there for my children. And it's something that's very concerning to me. And it's a habit that is harmful. And, and it's something that I, that I need help with. And then finally, there's the hang-ups. And when I think of the hang-up, again, it makes me think, my immediate thought is a visual of when I go hunting. Because usually when we hunt, there's barbed wire fences where we hunt. And when you cross the fences and your coat gets caught on barbed wire, uh, hopefully it's your coat and not trying to step over it. <laughs> Anyways, that you don't want to get caught up on the fence because once you do, there's two things, one of two things that's going to happen. One of them is you're going to rip your clothes or you're just going to be getting pulled back to the fence that you walk and then it pulls you back. And that's what a hang-up is. A hang-up is something you can't get past. And so if immediately you could share with me something that happened in your past uh, that, that affects you today, it's a hang-up. The fact that my dad liked my brother more than me. Uh, the fact that they, they spoiled my sister instead, uh, instead of giving things to me. Uh, that when I think of, of, of something someone did to me, and, and because of that, I just can't stand them. That's what a hang-up is. A hang-up is something that has happened in the past that you just cannot or will not get past. Isaiah, Jesus, Dan Salofra, Jeff Gunn, understand that people of all generations, including us, have these and, and if we're going to look at Jesus the healer and we're going to move forward, we need to be honest and admit what these are, first of all, to ourselves. So as Jesus is, is preaching to them and he's sharing with them, I know you guys, I know you're hurting out there. This is what he says. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Luke four eighteen. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You know, Isaiah wrote this 700 years ago, and he told you about the one who would be coming, the one who would bring healing, the one that would take away your pain. I got good news for you today. Today... This 700-year-old prophecy is being fulfilled. That's what Jesus told them. I'm here, everybody. Uh, the answer to your problems, I've arrived. And so in the blanks, you can write, Jesus was anointed by God or chosen by God to bring healing. 
See, the word chosen and anointed really mean the same thing. And so, in the Old Testament, three types of of people were anointed. Prophet, priests, and kings. And the reason why they were anointed is to show the people that they were chosen by God to perform the specific role. And so, if two individuals wanted to be king, they would say no. It would be the one who's anointed. And anointing oil was poured over them in the presence of all of the people to say this is the one that's chosen by God. This is the one who will be the next king or priest or prophet. And so, in Jesus' ministry, he was anointed. He was shown by God to be chosen. And when that happened, it was on a a day just like any other day, along the Jordan River, when John the Baptist was baptizing people. And and Jesus showed up as John was baptizing. And, And John even said, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals. Are you kidding me? And Jesus told him, no, it needs to be this way. Trust me on this. And so what happened at Jesus' baptism was different from any baptism we've had at here at Crosswalk and different from any other baptism that John the Baptist had as well. And that is that as he came for a baptism of repentance to, to ask for forgiveness of sins and the water was poured on his head, we have an appearance from God the Holy Spirit and God the Father. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove and the Father with a voice that said something different than anyone else had ever heard when they were baptized. And that is, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. That was Jesus' anointing. And and the reason why is as he was anointed, there was no need for forgiveness. There was no need for repentance because Jesus was without sin. And that is the way it was publicly recognized as the beginning of his ministry. In the next blank, you can write, Jesus' activity as a teacher and healer show that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ. That is his title. And what that means is he is the anointed one. He is the chosen one. He is the Christ. And he is true God. This is the Bible equivalent of saying... Trust me, I'm a doctor. That, that when you say, and why we use a term like that, why do you say, why do you trust someone who's a doctor? What, why do we use that term when we address our doctor? It's because by, by use of that term that we recognize the training, which is a reason why we should listen to them. This is, when, when I go to the doctor, it's different from listening to my mom tell me what she thinks I should do. And it's different from uh, the people at, at, at school telling me what they think I should do if I'm not feeling good or if someone has a cold here and, hey, I think you should try this remedy. It's different. And so it is with Jesus. The reason why we listen to him, the reason why he is the healer is because he is chosen by God. That is why over the next nine weeks we are going to listen to him like we have never listened to anyone before. And if, if simply the fact that he's the Christ isn't enough for you, Fast forward three years where Jesus rises from the dead. After hanging on the cross to pay for sin, he rose from the dead three days later. And I'm telling you that if someone rises from the dead and they have something to tell to me about life, I'm going to listen. And I would encourage you to do the same. There's a problem, though. And this is the problem. 
Mark 6. This is the response of the people. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was not amazed often. There was a time when he was amazed at the faith of a centurion because he wasn't even Jewish. And it was just amazing how much he trusted the God of the Jews. Jesus was amazed. He's like, man, that centurion's awesome. And his faith is incredible. But this was just the opposite. In the town where he lived, where the Son of God grew up, that he was amazed that, that they would not only not believe in him, but have such a strong negative reaction to him. And so what we learn is that familiarity with Jesus breeds contempt. Familiarity with Jesus breeds contempt. See, what happens is they had put Jesus in a box. That they say, this is, this is the box in which Jesus needs to fit. And that is Mary and Joseph's son, the, his brothers and sisters, the carpenter. And, and as long as Jesus stayed inside of that box, then we're fine with him. But once he started to break out and he said that he's the son of God, are you kidding me? And so they didn't listen to him. And, and not only that, but it says Jesus could do no miracles there. And why could he do no miracles? Because they wouldn't go to him. That, that there was an attitude that said, you know what? I'd rather be sick than have you heal me, Jesus. And I think that is what amazed Jesus. It's what amazed me. That even if you wouldn't believe in him, you know what? I got a broken leg. And I know you can heal it. Maybe heal that for me, Jesus, as long as you're here. But they wouldn't even do that. And it was amazing. We need to be careful. Because I'm telling you, yesterday... Literally, I put Jesus in a box. Took down my nativity scene that was in the yard. Had the, seriously, I did it. I did yesterday. First, I put the, the donkey has his own box. The sheep has his own box. But Mary and Joseph and Jesus go in the same box. And he needs to fit because it gets stacked in the garage. And, and so as we look at that, as we literally put Jesus in the box, I would argue that we do it figuratively as well. And, and what made me realize that probably, it was a few years ago, and, and we had these Christmas programs where the kids would do like Christmas Eve and they would do the parts. And you would get these, these 12-year-old kids who don't want to do the Christmas program anymore. They're getting that age. And they're like, this is so dumb. This is, I know this. We've done this so many times. I think you're 12. You've done this 12 times. Uh, don't, don't even talk to me. I'm 45. I've done 45 times. But, but what happens is we get, yeah, this is Jesus. Yeah, we get the whole Luke 2 thing. Yeah, we know what happens at Christmas. Little baby in a manger. Yeah, we even know what happens at Easter. Jesus on the cross. Three days later, uh, went looking for Easter eggs or whatever. That, he, that we think of, that's the way we think of Jesus. And, and what has happened is that there is a Jesus... That is proclaimed in Christian churches that is an impotent Jesus. That, that he's a Jesus without power. That he's a Jesus that might as well have been a carpenter. 
and, and that we, we look at him as, as someone that we maybe, in case of emergency, break glass and, and go to Jesus. But, but other than that, not much use for him in our daily lives. And one of the biggest curses that, that I have, and, and maybe you have as well, is the curse of ability. Because when issues go on in my life, the first place I turn is not Jesus Christ, it's Dan Salofra. And, and, and because of that, when I do that, you know where I end up? I end up there. Seriously, that, that is where I end up. And, and to recognize why am I there, it's because I am taking all the problems of my life and of my congregation and of the world, and I'm putting them on my shoulders. And they are not designed to carry them. One set of shoulders was of the Christ, the Son of God, and that is why he came to do it. And so... In, in Luke 4, 18 and 19, where he's quoting Isaiah, Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, on Jesus, not Dan Slofer, on Jesus, because he has anointed me to proclaim, notice, good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so, Jesus is freedom in the flesh. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, God and man together. Emmanuel, God with us. Freedom in the flesh. In the same way that Jesus can say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus can say, I am the freedom. I am the one who has come to help you with your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And, and sometimes I think he's still amazed at how much we live our lives with him so close to us. But we don't go to him to bring the healing which he alone can give. And so a way to help us understand this is uh, as we look at Hebrews 4 verse 12, the reminder. The reminder of the power of God. For the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That's talking about God's word and it's talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's talking about Jesus as well. And the message of the gospel and what it has the power to do in our lives to bring about real change and to bring about the health that God wants us to have. And one of the ways that I look at this that helps me understand this is the problem, problems, solution, solution thing that, that is in your notes. And what I want you to first of all see is that first of all, there's a small P problem, then a big P problem, a large S solution, and a small S solution. And so what happens is, is this, is I think, all right, that as we look at that, first of all, the small P problem in my life is, I don't know what your small P problem is. What your, your hurt, habit, or hang-up is your small P problem. It's the thing that, that keeps you awake at night. It's the thing that puts you in the emergency room with stress and anxiety. It is the thing that you can't get past. It is your habit that you keep going back to and you say, God help me, I can't get past this. It's different from every one of us, but you need to fill in this blank with whatever your hurt habit or hang up is. Then the next, the large P problem for all of us though is the same and that is sin. Sometimes sin, or, or my problem, is a direct result of my sin. Sometimes it's the direct result of someone else's sin. And sometimes there's no relationship to my problem 
and, and to a specific sin. I don't know if that makes sense. But the, what I'm trying to tell you is that there's not always a direct connection. But you need to understand that ultimately this always goes back to a problem of sin in the world. Always. And the reason why it's important for us to understand the big problem is because Jesus has come with the solution to the big problem. And so the answer, again, the, the biggest solution is always Jesus. It's always Jesus. And then finally, the small S solution in my life, I don't know what that's going to be. And God doesn't always tell us what that's going to be. Sometimes the small S solution is God is going to help me live with it. Sometimes the small S solution is God is going to take it away. Or it might be something I struggle with for the rest of my life. But as long as I have the big S solution, as long as I have Jesus in my life taking care of sin, I'm going to be fine. This is what we're talking about. I'm not going going to, to pretend that today you're necessarily going to be here and leave here completely healthy. But what this is, is this is the first visit to the doctor where where you are establishing a plan for health. And in the last blank, you can write this. Finding rest in Jesus and his promises is the first step in being spiritually resilient. That's a word you're going to see a lot, is that word resilient. And and what it means, I, I looked up the definition. Resilient means not easily damaged after being hit, stretched, or squeezed. Resilient means takes old shape back or able to be strong after something bad happens. And so I was thinking like of a tennis ball because it bounces back. I'm like, seriously, that's all you got? I'm going to be like a tennis ball? Uh, You got something better for me, Pastor? So I thought of something better than that when I think of resilient. The next picture... Stretch Armstrong, right? Stretch Armstrong is resilient because, next slide, when my friends and I decide, we're going to try to break Stretch Armstrong. And, and so when I was a kid, we had one of these, and we, you grab his arms, I'll grab his legs, and, and we squeeze him and, and, and try to bend him out of shape. That what does he look like when we're done? You better believe it. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong coming back for more. And I'm telling you that when I started this journey, I did not feel or look like that in any way. And, and that probably today, that's not what you feel like either. But as we, we move forward, the thing that makes Stretch Armstrong resilient is, is what he's made out of. And as we look at this, it's, it's, it's what God has put in us that makes us resilient. Our resiliency does not come from ourselves, but it comes from our God. being resilient, being healthy. That's what we're looking forward to. And again, this is just the start. This is the tip of the iceberg. And, and, and the, the main point today is to understand this, that your beginning to health is always going to start with Jesus, to rest in Jesus and his promises. That's where it begins. The next steps we take are all based on Christ and the strength we have in him. Let's take a moment to pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that, that you have been with us through our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And we know that we have all of them and, and that they are difficult and they are hard. But, Lord, we ask that you continue to be with us through them. We thank you that you have given us Jesus Christ as the healer 
Help us now to unleash the power that he has to offer and uh, that you would be with us every step of the way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you want more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, just go online to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at 9 and 11 a.m. at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline. Visit our website for directions. And now, back to some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As you leave here today, I want to remind you of your next appointment, uh, which is next Sunday at 9 o'clock or 11. You can come at either time. And, and this was, this was the first visit. And, and as we came with our hurt habits and hangups, I hope you didn't find it too painful because as you leave here, know that there is healing and there's hope. As we begin, as we rest in Jesus and his promises, this is where the healing begins. As you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.